we have to engage government. If we don't engage government, government thinks that we don't care or that they could just make decisions on our behalf. Thelma Morgan is the chair of Operation Black Vote Canada. There, she's created the first ever Black Community Provincial Leaders Debate, with the 2022 debate held just a few weeks ago. In her career, she's worked for cabinet ministers in five Ontario ministries, where she worked to strengthen collaborative ties between racialized communities, youth, and government in new and innovative ways. This provincial election, she's working alongside a group of nonprofits to bring issues impacting Black communities and ensure they're front and center for party leaders and candidates. Some may say we are concerned about those issues like everybody else, but because of systemic racism, those issues and those policies treat us differently. And we want politicians to realize that when you're creating policy, you need to really see policy through an anti-Black racism lens to ensure that we're not adversely affected by these policies that are created. Today, she joins us to share more about how she's doing that. This June 2nd, Ontarians will vote on who will form our next provincial government. Velma's work with Operation Black Vote Canada is just one example of the amazing collective advocacy being done by nonprofits across the Ontario nonprofit sector. In the last episode, we spoke with Tim Gray from Environmental Defense. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, please check it out. And we're excited to share another story around election advocacy today. And we welcome Velma Morgan. Well, welcome to the podcast, Velma. It's great to have you here, and I'm really excited for our conversation today. Could you take a moment to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about Operation Black Vote Canada? My name is Velma Morgan, and I'm the chair of Operation Black Vote Canada. Our goal is to assist um, in the election of more Black elected officials at all three levels of government and to help our communities uh, become more civically engaged. And so with this election, why is it important for Operation Black Vote Canada to be engaged? So it's important for us to be engaged more for our communities. So people who wanted to run could understand the process for their particular party, because each party is slightly different on how to get uh, the nomination process. And so we did a series of those. And then we also wrote all provincial leaders and asking them to do a couple of things. One, to nominate or ensure that there's a nomination of Black Canadians or Black Ontarians in winnable ridings for their particular party. It's not good enough for us for you to say we ran a Black woman check in a riding. We also, in that letter, asked them to provide supports for Black candidates in terms of helping with fundraising, helping with resources, and that the leader should treat that writing as they do other writings in terms of going in and doing visits and doing tours and having events in that particular writing, because that does boost candidates' profile and their ability to get the word out in their particular writing. So that was just one element, right? So again, so that's because we want to have more Black elected officials at the provincial level 
in all three, in all four parties. So that was the first part. Then we started the second part, which is the engagement of our community. So now that we have the nominations election started, we want to make sure that our community understands the platforms of all the provincial parties so they have an informed decision when they go out and vote. So about two weeks ago, we had the provincial leaders debate where we partnered with a couple of other Black organizations in the community to put on the second ever Black Community Provincial Leadership Town Hall, where the leaders came and heard from our community and then basically provided answers to questions on what they would do if elected premier as it relates to our community. We had over 250 folks online. We thought it was very successful and hopefully those people who were there are able to be more informed on what um, political leaders will do if elected. The second thing that we're going to be doing is we're going to be As the platforms get released, the final platforms get released, we're going to be providing those for our community so they can also read those platforms. And we're also going to provide information on how to vote and where to vote. This time around, I think there's longer days for advanced polls. So we will provide those those types of information for our community and encourage them um, to go out and vote because our votes do matter. And we do want to make sure that we get the right people Um, in government that's going to be beneficial for ourselves, our family, and our communities. And it seemed like this is really a multi-pronged approach then in terms of approaching the provincial election. Why provincially? Why is it important to be engaged at the provincial level? Provincial elections are extremely important because, you know, the, the issues and policies that are provincial, provincially mandated are, are issues that we've seen through the pandemic affect our communities adversely. So, you know, health, education, climate change, those are things that are um, all provincial jurisdiction. Some may say we are concerned about those issues like everybody else, but because of systemic racism, those issues and those policies treat us differently. And we want politicians to realize that when you're creating policy, you need to really see policy through an anti-Black racism lens to ensure that we're not adversely affected by these policies that are created and that there are things put in place to make sure that the policies are implemented equitably. I attended the Black Community Provincial Leadership Town Hall, and there were some very pointed questions to the leaders, which actually was great to see. I'm wondering, what are some of the results of that particular sort of prong of activity? What did you see as a result from, say, from leaders or parties and also from communities? So, you know what, we'll we'll see it throughout the election. But what was interesting is Two or three days prior to our actual town hall, you had all the parties, except for one, releasing the platform as it related to the Black community, right? So they're releasing different things in their platform that they thought that our community might be interested in, which means that week they're really thinking about our community and thinking about, you know, one of their platform would resonate with our community. And some of those things did resonate and other things didn't. In having something like that, you know, it forces political parties to say the black community is here and what are we going to do? I mean, Ontario is residents to uh, more than half of the black community in Canada, right? So we are a force. So there's over 600,000 of us. And it is important that political leaders understand that and political leaders realize that our votes can make a difference. 
That's a really important point. That's why it matters for them to speak to the specific issues Black communities are bringing forward and asking for the solutions that they're going to put on the table and make commitments to. And make commitments um, to. And and that was another reason why we did a town hall. They've made commitments on, at this town hall. And we plan on whoever is elected to follow up to ensure that they implement those, those commitments. That's another reason why it's also very important. Another reason why having our own town hall is important because people ask me all the time. I've been a political staff for a number of years. I've been involved in politics since I was 15. So I've been to a lot of town halls. And while the town halls may address these same, these very same issues, at those town halls, I don't see in myself answers that's going to affect me, answers that speak directly to me. And that was one reason why we had to have a, a Black communities town hall so leaders can think about their answers and their policy and how it directly affects a really big community in Ontario. So it can't be addressed in terms of those questions. They could not be addressed in sort of a general leadership town hall no. because they're not specific enough. And we really need to make sure that we're asking those questions. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, you know, a lot of politicians think, well, this is the rule. This is the policy. Everybody should abide by it. But again, I say, you know, have these blanket policies don't cover the black community because of systemic racism and people who are implementing them and the system that's that's already, that's been in place that does that did not take us into consideration is still there and still the ones implementing these policies. So we're always adversely affect in every single system that there is in in the province, in the country. And so in terms of working collectively, there was a number of organizations working together. Why did you choose, rather than have Operation Black Vote Canada present and host the event, why did you choose to work with other organizations? Right. So, you know, Operation Black Vote Canada, even, even though we're nonpartisan, we are a political organization. And while we deal with some policy, we don't deal with all policies. And we thought, you know, we're bringing together um, politicians, which is what we do, and the community, which is what we do. But when it comes to the specific policies, we wanted to get organizations in our community that deal with those policies on a day-to-day -day basis. So Taibu came. Um, they deal with health and health crises all the time. The Black Business and Professional Association, they, t they came and talked about small businesses, entrepreneur and little Jamaica and what's happening there. That's what they deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Generation Chosen, they deal with youth and mental health. So they brought in that aspect. So we wanted to bring in organizations that come with expertise to the table so they can speak on behalf of their stakeholders and, and their clients. And that's why we partnered with organizations. Now, we know that, you know, grassroots organizations, not-for-profits, are on the ground. They're the ones who uh, deal directly with the people. In fact, we've seen through the pandemic that they fill the gap um, that the government left, right? Absolutely. We, exactly, right? And often, especially in our community, they trust those small organizations more than they trust the big institutions. So it's very, very important that they're at the seat at the table and that they're a um, partner with us to help us bring issues to light that they deal with on a day-to-day -day basis to the politicians that attended. And you've really highlighted what the sector is, what the nonprofit sector is, with having that really diversity of organizations, communities served, missions, yes. and focus. So yes. I think that really is like it's a microcosm. Looking at that list of organizations, it's great to see because that really is sort of the ecosystem yes. of the nonprofit sector yes. from a whole range of viewpoints. But the point is that we are supporting communities in yes. the end. Yes, exactly, yes. exactly. 
Well, you mentioned, Velma, that you've worked on the other side of political engagement on key policy files, including with the provincial government. So what's one learning or approach that you apply from that government experience into this advocacy work on the nonprofit side? So what's interesting is Operation Blackboard, and even when we partner with other organizations, we partner with other organizations for different things all the time throughout the year, not only June election year. And I always say that, you know, when we're going to engage government, we need to go with the problem and potential solutions. Because often government are like, okay, and they want to do another study and they don't understand the issue. And I always say, you're going in with an issue that you understand better than the government. So... I say, go in with solutions. And that often, you may not get those solutions, but you'll give government an idea of where to go or what to do. Often they will, you know, you'll partner in creating a policy or solution to whatever problem you have. This town hall was, how do we engage the black community? How do we get the message to, to the black community? How do we get the black community to go and vote? Well, let's find a solution. Let's have a town hall and let's bring the community leaders to us, you know, in our house with our issues where people are more comfortable. That was our solution to getting the information out and hopefully getting more Black Canadian Ontarians out to vote. I wonder, too, when we talk about bringing that work provincially, that lens to it, when you're thinking about the federal election or thinking about the local municipal elections, is there a different approach that you bring in your coalition work? A little bit the same, but a little bit different. So, for instance, you know, we did have a municipal town hall with the Toronto candidates because we had three um, black candidates running as mayor. Now, that's only Toronto. Right? You know, I think Ontario has 444 municipalities. If you were to do one in every municipality, it would take forever, right? So this time around, what we're planning on doing is highlighting a couple of municipalities that have a large percentage of black Ontarians, and we'll do municipal town halls there. We're able to do the provincial town hall again. And federally, what we did was we highlighted, we brought in representative from each political party to talk about our our issues the same way we did provincially. Now, we've also done lobbying at the federal level. The Black community did have a lobby day where we all went up to Ottawa and um, we would lobby lobby the, the, the federal government in different in different areas. Provincially, we haven't done that simply because um, of COVID. And for the past two years, we've been restricted. But the plan was to actually have a lobby day at Queen's Park for our for issues that really um, pertain to our community. I love hearing about these different examples of tactics, Velma. It's really helpful to kind of highlight what do we mean when we say election advocacy or government relations, because there's many different ways to approach it. So I really appreciate that there are different ways to do it. And even in a pandemic, we can still think and get creative at ways that we do this. Yes. And you know what? Our election advocacy isn't just when there's an election coming up. It's all the time because we know that there's going to be an election at some point. So, you know, we try to advocate early. I mean, there are times when we advocate federally for things to be in in the budget with other organizations. We partner with other organizations to say, you know, we want certain things in the budget pertaining to the black community. So we would do that type of advocacy for the budget. We've hosted budget consultations with youth, with the with the finance minister. So we're always trying to engage community or connecting community, our community with political officials, because it is really important that 
important to do so. I think some people say, well, I'm not political. And what we need to know is that everything that we do in our lives has some kind of political element to it. All the rules and policies are all either provincial, federal, or municipal level. And we need to understand which level of government is responsible for what policy or what issue that we have. So we are able to call them up if we need to, or speak to them, or, or speak to that issue. And I think not enough of us understand the process. And the process is definitely not complicated. You could go to any of the website, municipal, provincial, federal, and they'll tell you what they do. You, they'll tell you all the ministries, right? And I think we have to engage government. If we don't engage government, government thinks that we don't care or that, you know, we could they could just make decisions on our behalf. And I'm like, no, you cannot do that. You... I tell people we need to use our voice and we need to make sure that they understand what we want so they so we can negotiate getting what we need. I, I absolutely agree. And I think that we often say at ONN, the solutions that you were talking about, bringing the solutions, that's where the yes. solutions come from. They come yes. from communities because that's, we know on the ground what works, what doesn't. Yes. Here are some new ideas. Here's what community is asking for. So you're right when, when you say that people can think it's not my job. Yes. I don't work in government relations or um, policy advocacy, but really we all do it in some way. It's just a yes. different a different format. Yeah. And especially for marginalized communities, because there's not a lot of racialized people who are in GR. So they won't necessarily bring our issues to the forefront when they talk to political political folks. So, you know, grassroots organizations need to do their own lobbying, their own um, have their own voices um, heard at the decision-making table. And it could be as simple as an email or a letter or inviting them to different activities that you do. It doesn't have to be that formal, you know, letter and going in and having a meeting. Politicians, especially the local politicians in your writing or award will come out, come out and that's your foot in the door. You get them to a, a celebration or an event. And then once you have them coming out and it's what you do, maybe you have a formal meeting. There's so many ways of engaging government and it doesn't necessarily have to be sitting in an office at Queen's Park. And it's hard to engage if you're doing it just during the election period as well, because that you haven't built that relationship yet. And so if you're speaking to, say, candidates or MPPs currently sitting and you already have that relationship of them coming out to your events. If you're starting to engage elected officials or parties during the election, that's way too late. No one's listening to you. They're, they have an agenda and the agenda is to get reelected or elected. So you're, you know, they're not listening to you. You need to do it very, very early. You need to keep it, do it ongoing. I always tell the, say the first step is your local MPP, right? So that person, whether it's where you live or where you work, you know, they know that you are a voting member. So, you know, so that's, that's your first line. And then, you know, if you, I mean, if they're, if they're a cabinet minister and not a cabinet minister, you know, then you go on to the next level, but at least engage the person that represents you uh, on the front lines. And you mentioned earlier about grassroots groups doing this kind of engagement. And that's where I've seen really interesting examples of different groups working together, yes. whether it not just for elections, but post-election as well, in doing different kinds of events, or if there are certain asks around the budget, that they're yes. putting those ideas together as one. And that seems to really amplify each other's work and focus of, of their support for communities. Yes, yes. So, you know, we saw how 
different organizations stepped up during the pandemic. We saw the Black Business and Professional Association stepping up for Black businesses and lobbying different levels of government for support for Black businesses because they have different needs from bigger companies or big companies. We saw how the JCA and Taibu and different health organizations stepped up with Toronto Health to get vaccines to people from our community because they're afraid of going to other places because they didn't trust them. You know, so this is, or these are organizations lobbying on behalf saying, you know, we can do it here too. And that's because grassroots organization who know their clients better than anybody else stepped up and provided um, solutions to the problems that they saw. Great. Thank you. Those are really uh, important examples and really interesting to see how they've also navigated, especially during a pandemic when all rules are are different and the usual supports aren't there, but there were different ways to, to work together. Yes. So my next question is around this next election. And so what's one thing that you want provincial party leaders and candidates to know? So... This next election is extremely important because whoever is the next premier, what party is going to be ruling our province, is going to hopefully take us out of the pandemic. And especially for the Black community, we don't want to be worse off than we were going into the pandemic, right? The pandemic demonstrated the inequities, and we want to make sure that whoever the next leader is, the next party, um, understand that we have added disadvantages due to anti-Black racism as such that they need to see whatever policy there are to make everybody um, better after the pandemic need to be seen also through an anti-Black racism lens so that things don't adversely affect us and we're left behind once again. This is an opportunity to uplift our community. And I think the best way to do that is to bring Black voices to the table. If they're not elected, they're they're in grassroots organizations like our organizations and the ones that I mentioned that understand our community, that understand our needs, and bring them to the decision-making tables before they implement policies or make policies. And so going forward, post-election, what are the plans for working together post-election and how can organizations really continue that relationship building and coalition when they are working together for something that is time-specific? We work together to fill the gap that we have. So for instance, it comes together organically. Like we don't plan. There is an issue and we thought, we think to ourselves, okay, what can we do to help solve this particular issue in our community? And who can we bring in who have other expertise that we don't have? So it sounds like you're really open to those opportunities. When windows open or there's a solution or working together, then you've already got that, the resources and maybe staffing as well on the ground ready to help. Yes, yes. For instance, when the pandemic started, we wanted to engage politicians on what to do with, again, the Black businesses on Eglinton. And we partnered with the BBPA. We did a series of different workshops with the the small business minister, with ministry, both provincially and federally, in order for them to understand what our community and business were going through. And from that, you know, we left it and the BBPA kind of took over and you've seen that all the funds that they they received to help black businesses after that initial meeting that we had together. Without bringing those voices to the table, that may not have happened because then policymakers may not have seen the need and how do they do it too? 
Right. So yes, and, and, and that's why, you know, we really think that representation matters and that not only do we need to have elected officials from our community at every level of government, but we also need to have political staff and advisors as well, because they're the ones who advise and create policies for, for their member. And when they don't have the lived experiences from our community, then what you need to do is come to our community and ask those people who do have the lived experiences on how to assist and help. And I think government needs to do more of that, of going to the communities and saying, okay, how can you help us help you? That's great. And that you're a resource there and a connection to communities and communities can then yeah, express what it is that they need right. rather than policymakers making policy in a, in a fishbowl. Yes. Do both things. Come to the community. Um, and ask us for help, but also, you know, hire black staffers that can help you also reach outreach to the community and um, provide some insights into our lived experiences. Thank you so much, Velma. It was such a great conversation today. I really appreciate the, <laughs> the stories, the insights over your career in terms of how you've worked with organizations. Uh, grassroots groups, but also thinking about the different different levels, including the provincial level. It's really helpful to get those ideas for us to share with the ONN network. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining the third episode of our special Ontario election mini-series. We'll be sure to bring more of the amazing folks working to bring the election and the key issues for nonprofits in 2022 to you. To make sure you know when our next conversation goes live, please subscribe to the show. And if you enjoyed it, please feel free to rate it and share with your friends, family, and network. This has been Digging In with ONN.